You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, two teams here that don't really get to see each other very often, and so this is going to be a very interesting matchup. But first, before we get into it, thank you guys for making us your first listen of the day. And also, this episode is of Lockdown Chargers and Lockdown Vikings is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It is an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Luke Braun, uh, it's been a while, man, since we've been able yeah, to get on here years. And, and do a, a crossover. Uh, I've always enjoyed this. You've always been one of my favorite hosts. Uh, you're hilarious, and uh, <laughs> you, you always put your takes out there. And you know, we like to you know kind of throw jabs back and forth at each other on Twitter, which is is very fun. But how's this? How's the year been for you? How's everything going? Oh, okay, help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, it's been the year from hell. The Vikings do one of these every few years where they'll the, the roof will, will collapse literally or metaphorically. Um, they do they're just in one of those years, I guess, where everything kind of hits the fan. Right now they're having a big COVID problem. There's the Dalvin Cook thing. We'll get into that. That's the thing happening right now. Um, you know, vac- from vaccination status drama in August all the way through injuries and everything. It's always a thing always something around the corner <laughs> yeah geez speaking of injuries that's the first thing we're going to talk about here in segment one we're going to talk about the injuries for both teams kind of what what's been happening during the season and uh, of course putting a little bit more of a spotlight and a focus on this game on sunday and then we'll get into uh some questions about the vikings and then we'll close things out with some questions about the chargers so um let's go ahead and get into it so as far as, you know, the Vikings injuries so far this season, Luke, I mean, what does that kind of look like just from a, a macro perspective? Yeah, well, so the Vikings were really, really excited going into the season about Irv Smith Jr., their tight end. Um, he gets injured at, in an out-for-the-season way. He has a, a meniscus tear, I believe it was. So um, pre- in the last game of preseason, he plays like <sighs> seven snaps, blows out his knee. Sucks. So he's out for the year. Daniil Hunter tears his pec. He's out for the year. So they've lost some people. Anthony Barr, who's also kind of a key cog in the off or in the defense, has kind of been, we'll call it week to week, uh, with okay. a tendonitis issue in his knee. So it's something that kind of, he's just playing as many games as he can through. So he's going to be on every injury report limited. Played last week, gotcha. played the week uh, the week before. So we'll probably still have him, um, but it's always something to monitor. Um, importantly for this game, safety Harrison Smith on the COVID protocol. The Vikings are having some COVID issues as well. Their center, Garrett Bradbury, um, is vaccinated. And so as soon as he's asymptomatic, has a couple of uh, negative tests in a row, he can come back. But we're kind of watching for that because he was a symptomatic case, like he's actually sick. So that could still last through the Chargers game. We'll kind of see. Um, the Vikings have, I think, five players on the COVID-19 list right now. So they are kind of dealing with a COVID thing. Um, as well as a couple of injury deals. Also, Michael Pierce has an elbow injury. Um, he's a very, very important part of their run defense. They have been without him for many weeks without this elbow injury. I would put him as doubtful right now. It's not out of the, the cards for him to play in this game, um, but I certainly wouldn't hang, hang my hat on it. A few other little nicks and bumps on the injury report list. The secondary is a little banged up, but right now all of those guys were limited. So, uh, yeah, the only two... True DNPs are Anthony Barr and Michael Pierce and everybody on COVID or IR. 
Gotcha. As far as the Chargers are concerned, they're going to be without their number one corner again in this game. Michael Davis is still, uh, according to head coach Brandon Staley, about a week away. Um, so he's going to miss this game, unfortunately. Nazir Adderley, their, their free safety, a mispractice today, uh, just because coach said that he was sore. And Brandon Staley is very big about getting his players to Sunday. So if they need to rest them during the week, he's going to do that um, because he wants all of his players sure. on Sunday as Play when it healthy. Counts as they possibly can be. And Justin Jackson, their uh, second string running back uh, who has dealt with injuries his entire NFL career, unfortunately uh, also mispracticed with a quad injury. Uh, uh, I think the biggest name to talk about is probably Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray, their linebacker is scheduled to, to come back off of IR and they're kind of switching his role up a little bit. They're going to turn him into a more of a hybrid linebacker. Um, Brandon Staley specifically mentioned a Dante Hightower type, you know, where he's going to come off the edge okay. a little bit. He's going to be Anthony a little bit more of an inside linebacker. Yeah, and and I think that's personally better usage of Kenneth Murray's talents because he's more of a read and react type of, you know, run sideline to sideline type of, of uh, linebacker, and he does have ability to get after the passer. So I, I am welcoming that as the this is a Chargers team who, outside of Joey Bosa, does not do a very good job of getting after the quarterback. Got you. Yeah, there's a lot of questions to kind of be asked there. But I, I mean, the big availability concern, I guess, the Chargers fans are probably wondering about is Dalvin Cook. Should we do that now? Or should we do that later? No, let, let's let, let's do it a little bit later. Let's let's right. tease that a little bit and save that for <laughs> for the next segment here. Uh, obviously, everybody wants to know about that. Um, but I, th- I think that kind of wraps things up for this segment uh, as far as injuries are concerned. And and then we're going to get into uh, these questions right after this. This episode of Locked On Chargers is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been a great place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place teammates, competition, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I personally love the 20-piece chicken McNugget before I go on a a long road trip. It's cheap and it lasts for a while. Or getting those spicy McChickens, you can never go wrong there for a quick bite. So head to McDonald's, your local McDonald's, to refuel and reconnect. Did someone say Locked On Chargers Watch Party? I'm loving it. And this episode is also brought to you by Get Upside. Hey, Charger fans, this is David, uh, Locked On Chargers host, with an incredible app that everyone needs to know if you buy gas, which is pretty much everyone, and that's Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN. And get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That is up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download that app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon back cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are getting up to $200 or $300 cash back and there's no catch. The, the cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or even an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. All right. Well, we are back here on the crossover edition on a Veterans Day. And as a veteran, I would be remiss if I did not mention this. Thank you for everyone who has served this country 
living or dead, really appreciate your sacrifice. And no one knows what that means more than I do. So I know this Dalvin Cook situation uh, is more of a civil situation. So yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's still a pretty good chance that Dalvin Cook is going to play on Sunday in case, you know, things get really crazy or really ugly PR wise. It would be pretty shocking to me at this particular juncture. This is a developing situation. My opinion could be way different 24 hours from now. But as we stand right now, I'd be pretty shocked if Dalvin Cook didn't play. Um, the situation's like pretty high profile. You can go look up all the details, the complaint and stuff. That's all public record. Won't get into it here. What you need to know, Chargers fans, if you're wondering if Dalvin Cook's going to play against your team or not, is that it is not a criminal complaint. It is a civil complaint. So there's no charges. Dalvin Cook has not been charged with any crime. He's not been indicted, arrested, any of that stuff. And that's what the league cares about when it comes to suspending, putting him on the exempt list or anything else that would hold him out of the game. He practiced on Wednesday. Everybody in the building expects him to play. Expect Dalvin Cook to play. Keep him in your fantasy lineups and all of that stuff. Um, all of this is going to play out in a more long-term kind of way so as an nfl fan or a fantasy fan you might want to keep more of an eye on it but as a chargers fan this week dalvin cook's playing so you still have every reason to be concerned charger fans so dalvin <laughs> cook is very much going to be out there but in the event that dalvin cook can't play and alexander madison has to be the lead back does that kind of take anything away from the vikings offense so ask a bunch of different Vikings fans, you get a bunch of different answers. It's kind of a debatable topic. For me, yes, I think there's a huge difference between Cook and Madison. Dalvin Cook is very smooth when he runs. He's very, um, he's, he finds the gap very quickly and he's very smooth. He can go from, you know, the play side B gap to the backside A gap. He can cut across gaps without losing a lot of momentum. And, and Alexander Madison does not. Like a mother too. That guy is crazy right. fast. And the burst and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really, really difficult as a defender um, if you, especially if you're two gapping, and I don't know what the Chargers do on defense and their run fits or what sort of, you know, box numbers are looking at or whatever. Um, but if you're trying to cover two gaps, it's really, really difficult to cross the face of an offensive lineman when the running back can cross that gap as fast as Dalvin Cook does. That's what's difficult about him. So that's, and, and Alexander Madison, he's just a guy. He does not have that athleticism. He can jump cut. He can kind of uh, stutter step to get from one gap to the next, but it's very slow and clunky and plotting, and it's much easier to defend. And uh, he also just doesn't have that burst and that ath that athleticism. Madison is a fine running back in his own right. I think he misreads too many plays for my taste, um, but he's got a good kind of thump when he hits you in the hole, uh, and he has he was a, an, a like a, tr a hurdler, like an all-American hurdler in college. So don't tackle him low because he will hurdle you like he wants to. He loves to. So, yeah, that's that's the difference. But you're going to see Dalvin most of the time. Alexander Madison will still get four or five runs, though. He always does. Yeah, duly noted. And it seems like he's more of just a, a better compliment back than a number one back. And hey, well, that's thunder fine. lightning. Yeah. Yeah. And every team needs that. Um, switching gears to Kirk Cousins. I mean, if you look at the numbers here for Kirk Cousins, he's having a very strong season. 2,140 yards, 16 touchdowns, only two interceptions. He's doing a phenomenal job of protecting the football. But as someone that who follows the, the Vikings closely and has been watching Kirk Cousins for a while now, how would you kind of evaluate Kirk Cousins this season? It's been probably more ups than downs, but he's on downs right now. So it's like hard to get that taste out of my mouth. Um, he started the season really, really, really strong. Last couple games haven't been as great. The, the Vikings offense has been having a ton of trouble pushing the ball downfield and earning those deep shots because a lot of it is they can't block it up. Um, the, the offensive line has been a problem for forever and they've been having, you know, you can't just five man protect and send everybody deep, right? 
They just don't have the guys for that. Yeah. So they're doing a lot of, you know, seven, eight men in protection, send only two or three routes deep. That's a lot easier to cover. Um, and in some situations, Kirk Cousins is is struggling to find those opportunities deep. You know, you call a shot play, somebody gets open in a way that wasn't really part of the plan, and it, he won't like go back in the progression and find it like a, like an Aaron Rodgers will. So that's kind of a they, so they, they he had wants a ton to stay of within the structure there. of the play. Then, yeah, he, he's paint by numbers. He's okay. a baker. Follow the recipe. Um, <laughs> And, and for better or worse, too, right? Because yeah. as a coach, that's fantastic. That means you basically have a right. Madden user as your quarterback. You can direct yeah. him to do anything, and he'll do it exactly. So that there's the pros and cons of that. But that's the style of quarterback that he is. Um, so there's been a lot of quick game, a lot of three steps, get the ball out, four-yard gain kind of stuff. So if you can rally, you can tackle. It can start to suffocate a lot. And then if you stop the run on top of that, um, that's when you get a game like what happened on Sunday Night Football. I'm sure a lot of everybody saw all that. That's what happened on Sunday Night Football. They just could not move the ball because the deep passes weren't working. Quick game is only so much. And if you can't run the ball on top of that, then yeah, you're, you're going to have a lot of punting. Yeah, for sure. Um, couple of really talented wide receivers you guys have. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, they're playing at a very high level this season, both of them. Um, has anyone been able to slow those guys down this year? Um, and, you know, besides those two, who outside of them should Chargers fans pay attention to in this game on Sunday? Yeah, so teams are just bracketing them. I mean, okay. some guys can man them up. The Browns did. Denzel Ward beat Adam Thielen one-on-one. They just played man coverage all day and they won. Um, and good for Denzel Ward, right? He's a fantastic yeah, corner. Sure. Um, so th- that can happen. I wouldn't do it. Uh, teams that have manned up the Vikings have done a lot worse than teams that have done zone with deep safeties, yeah. keeping stuff over the top, trying to t- kind of discourage. De- if you discourage deep passes, Kirk Cousins will allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so leave safeties deep and he will throw underneath all day. And as a defense, you say, OK, yeah, we'll take you throwing you right. know, two yards of pass all the time. Absolutely. Um, especially when those checkdowns are like behind the line of scrimmage and stuff. Yeah. So that's how you defend those two guys outside of those two guys in the passing game. I would say the guy to watch is KJ Osborne. He's a second year player, fifth round pick. Absolutely exploded in the preseason and in camp. You could tell he, he went to a football camp with like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham and they taught him some stuff. You can tell. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, got work ethic out. the Good for him so. for learning. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He improved so much. He was like not a rosterable wide receiver his rookie year. Now he is a solidified wide receiver three. And honestly, if he had to be wide receiver two, you could do worse. So he's a guy that you probably have to pay a little bit of attention to as, as wide receiver three. You're my kind of underrated guy that people outside of Minnesota don't know. Hey, you got to love those type of stories, man. That, that Those stories of perseverance, of not giving up on your dream and just going out there and forcing the uh, the habit there. Um, the Vikings this year, eight games. Seven of them have been one-score games. What the hell is going on? Like, why have these games been so close? Yeah, I mean, tell me the story. Look at look at us. We're the Chargers now. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, jeez. You're not the Chargers anymore. We're the Chargers. It's so they don't. They can't close guys out. They have had a two-score lead in every single one of those games, just about, mm. um, except for the one against the Browns. They never had a lead, but like they have had a two-score lead in many, or they had a seven-zero lead and then lost it. Whatever. They are terrible at putting their foot on the gas. They have their foot on their throat. They don't step down. Mm. Um, that is so part of that is a lo- th- those aggressiveness issues that I talked about on offense. You get a two score lead. You have the ball. You could go up to a three score lead and then game situation starts to dictate everything. And that's when it, yeah. you can really put the clamps on. They just can't do it. That's when they start making mistakes. And there's a lot, I mean, a lot of penalties, a lot of, you know, miscommunications, you know, running the wrong route, didn't set the protection right. All these like organizational, I've been calling them focus issues. They are an unfocused team. 
and uh, the defense has been poor in two-minute situations. So the really, if you're down two scores in this game, don't turn it off, uh, especially not the two minutes before halftime where the Vikings have given up multiple scores in the two minutes before halftime more than once this year. And then you come out in the third quarter and things start to spiral because it's a young team and they can't handle the momentum shifts. So then they blow the lead and then it's close and now you're in a fight for your life and then it comes down to a kick at the end of the game, right? So I don't know. It's <laughs> If you're ever betting on a Vikings game, take the points. It's always going to be closer than people realize. I am so uncomfortable right now because everything that you just said is way, way too familiar. <laughs> you guys know. I, yeah. I should be going to you for advice. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, man. The Chargers fans, they have the thickest skin in football because they have to. They have yeah. to. <laughs> what weaknesses – I mean, just to close this thing out, this is the last question I have here. Sure. If you, if you were the Chargers, I mean, what weaknesses would you try to expose – uh, that the Vikings have. How would you go about trying to beat the Vikings? Find one-on-ones on the outside and spread us out and run, um, which is kind of, those are two opposite ideas because you kind of want to yeah. condense to pass spread to run. Right. The Vikings are missing their nose tackle in Michael Pierce. That hurts. And they have a bit of a smaller uh, depth in their defensive tackles. So, you know, line up and just run down their throat. If you have a lead, that, that can work. That's how the Ravens closed this thing out against us, although the Ravens are the best running team in a while. So Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah. Um, but also, the Vikings are without Patrick Peterson. He's on IR. Um, and Bashad Breland, Cameron Dantzler, Chris Boyd are the three corners, the next three corners. It'll be uh, Breland and Dantzler. Both of those guys play way too far off. And they give up 12-yard curls underneath constantly. So just find your one-on-ones on the outside. Those guys get scared, take advantage of it, and you can march. That's the way I would attack the Vikings. All right. I mean, that, that answers all the questions I have, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. So if you want to bet on this game, uh, right now the line is Chargers plus three, which I think is kind of weird. They, the, the market basically says neutral field, this is an even game, and they're just giving you the three points for home field, right? I don't think there's like anything about like, chargers crowds or anything in the betting markets but if you want to short that if you believe in the chargers more if you believe in the vikings more head on over to betonline.ag your one-stop shop for all things gambling you can bet on pro football college football uh baseball basketball uh hockey all the seasons that are really starting to get into a swing right bet on whatever you want even your favorite vegas casino games ufc mma that kind of stuff all of that great stuff. And if you sign up right now, it's free to do that. Enter promo code locked on L O C K E D O N all one word. You get a 50% welcome bonus. That means if you deposit say a thousand bucks to start bet online, will add 500 to that in free play money. That is free gambling money. So go take advantage of it. Enter promo code locked on when you set up at BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, everybody, it is Crossover Thursday coming in here. I got David Drogemeyer with Locked On Chargers talking to me about the Vikings. I'm Luke Braun, Locked On Vikings. So going to talk to you about the Chargers a little bit here. Um, They seem to still have that cardiac gene that the Chargers have had since the dawning of time. Um, But they're winning these games now. This is what I want to know. What's different? Is this a Brandon Staley thing? Is this a maturity thing? Is this Justin Herbert overcoming what Philip Rivers could never overcome? I mean, what's what? How are they getting over this hump? They're not charging like they used to charger. It it has everything to do with Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley's aggressive mindset, um, his analytically driven decision making. He has been phenomenal. The Chargers are uber and I mean uber aggressive on fourth downs. It doesn't matter where they're at on the field. If it's a short, 
a fourth and short situation, say fourth and four or five or less, chances are very strong that the Chargers are going to believe in their offense and they are going to send them back out there and go to get a first down. They want to keep the ball. They want to drain the clock and they want to end the game with the ball in their hands on their terms. That is Brandon Staley through and through. It has been a beautiful breath of fresh air and there really is no other way to describe it other than Brandon Staley is the man. Nice. And so Andre Patterson, defensive coordinator for the Vikings, he kind of talked about it's really, really important to get after Justin Herbert to get the you know oh, yeah. pressure on him and, and get there. Last year, by a study that I did uh, revolving around like quarterbacks under pressure because it was a Kirk Cousins thing, yeah. Justin Herbert ranked number one best yeah. pressure eraser in the league. Is that still the case? Is he is he keeping up on that? I mean, is he able to kind of elude whenever the offensive line can't quite hold up? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I think that's where Justin Herbert is really at his best. And and they really designed that in the last game. Uh, excuse me. And it was very, very important to the game plan against the Eagles. They were moving the pocket. They were getting Justin Herbert out intentionally, using rollouts, uh, using bootlegs, using the play action. And it was, it was working to perfection. And that's because Justin Herbert can make any throw on the field. He can throw on the run accurately, and he's a very sound decision maker, and he can escape the rush. So that does make him very, very dangerous. Um, and that's not really been what teams have tried to do to stop Justin Herbert. If you look at the Patriots game, if you look at the Ravens game, what they did is they tried to change the sight picture after the snap. They would show one thing, they would show pressure, okay. they would show coverage, and then they would change that sight picture after the ball was snapped, and they were trying to force Justin Herbert to read that very quickly and make the right decision. And that's something that Justin Herbert, dating back to his rookie year, struggled and still struggles with a little bit. But the thing with Justin Herbert is he's incredibly intelligent and he is a quarterback that when he does make mistakes, he does show a propensity to correct those mistakes and move forward. Yeah, that young player growth. That's interesting. Mike Zimmer is famous. Like that's his claim to fame is his disguises of the look, the front, the coverage, everything. You know, he doesn't just roll the safeties. He rolls the safeties with the linebackers, with the corners. Everything in the alignment is designed to throw you off the scent uh, in a way that, you know, uh, like a lot of times they'll just kind of like show you too high and then a safety comes down and you're like, "Eh, yeah, that didn't really buy it in the first place. Um, But yeah, that that that, that's the the big Zimmer thing. Um, So I guess defensively. If you know, game on the line, overtime drive, let's say, so a neutral situation, yeah. you're a Chargers fan, what do you not want the Vikings to do? What would you see the Vikings do and go, ha they're dumb, they're playing right into our teeth? Throw the ball, I, I, honestly. I, I think the Chargers, if you look at their passing stats uh, against the pass this year, they're giving up just over 200 yards a game or, or right around that, that mark. So they're much better against the pass. They do deploy the two-safety look. Brandon Staley talks all the time about keeping a roof over the defense and not allowing not allowing those explosives, those explosive plays. They don't want that. They don't want that in the running game. They definitely don't want that in the passing game. Hmm. The, the weakness of this team is very, very clear. It's the run defense, and it's run right up the middle. The Chargers are giving up 150, 160 yards a game because they – just don't have the personnel to execute the run fits that Brandon Staley wants to. And the past two games, they've got better, uh, but they're still very, very bad and very, very susceptible to the run. 
Gotcha. One last question. Um, it's interesting. The Vikings run game has had all kinds of problems, so we might have a stoppable force, movable object thing going on here. Uh, who who don't I know about that I should know about on the Chargers? I, I'm an NFC team here. I don't follow sure. them that closely. Who's right. who's under my radar that shouldn't be? Yeah, so, I mean, on, on offense, I, I think it's a couple of the tight ends. Uh, I mean, you know who Jared Cook is. Jared Cook's been in the league for, you know, forever, you know, 15 years or whatever it is. He's still reliable, still, still got great hands, but the two other receiving tight ends that the Chargers deploy are very dangerous. And the, and for Pride very the different, XFL. yeah, very different reasons. And Donald Parham is who you yeah. are alluding to. He's the roughnecks legend. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He's a giant. He's a skyscraper. He is six foot eight and has a ridiculous catch radius. He's also incredibly agile for a man of his size. He's hard to bring down. He shows deceptive quickness for, like I said, a, a guy who's literally an ent, a, a, a walking tree. The, the guy is just, incredibly large and the chargers are starting to use him in those situations. You would expect a six foot eight tight end to be deployed on those third down situations in the red zone. They want to get the ball to him and let him do the rest. And then Steven Anderson, who is a blocking tight end. He's a ferocious blocker, but they're using that to their advantage because mentally you think, okay, Steven Anderson's in the game. They're about to run because he is a, a very, very good run blocker, but he is a deceptively good pass catcher as well. And the Chargers are really trying to set up those looks with Steven Anderson where he's going to be out there 15, 30, 15, 25 times run blocking. But then you're going to get those five or six times where they play action to it, throw it to him, and he does good things with the ball after the catch. So those are two players I would say on the offensive side that Vikings fans should pay attention to going into this game. So maybe fittingly, this game is Chargers favored by exactly a field goal. Yeah. Uh, you and I, we've had our problems with kickers. We've we've got stories we could exchange by the bar for hours. Too many. Sit in the, the deck of the boat in Jaws and tell horror stories. <laughs> <laughs> it would be worse than the shark. Is this coming down to a field goal? Is the three is the three point line right? What's your prediction? Yeah, I, I think so. I'm not going to put a score on it right now because I still have to go out there and watch my, you know, watch fa film on the Vikings and get my own feel for it. But just looking at the trajectory of these two teams and their seasons, that's what it's been. The, the Chargers are tough, um, and they are definitely going to keep things close. I think they have got something figured out in the special teams area. They had a lot of issues with that early on in the season. They're starting to get some more explosive uh, plays in the special teams area you know, better returns on punt returns and kick returns. So that aspect is starting to come alive a little bit, which is nice because their special teams was literally historically bad last year. Um, but yes, I, I think just looking at these two teams, they're both very competitive. They're going to keep it close because they do have talent. It's just going to come mm -hmm. down to who is going to have the ball and who's going to execute at the very end of the game. And I mean, if you look at these two teams, you probably have a little bit more faith that the Chargers are going to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I think the betting mark is too high on the Vikings right now. They have a lot of crap to get together, and I can't pick them in a game until they do. So I'm just going to keep picking against them until they prove to me that they can be a, a real boy team made out of adults. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, this is going to be a, a very exciting game. It's going to be a close game. You know, keep keep your stress relievers close. I mean, because your <laughs> yeah. blood pressure is going to go up watching this game. Yeah. There is no doubt about it. But it should be entertaining. It is going to be one of those games you don't get to see often. So I'm looking forward to it, watching this one on Sunday. And I'll have to crack a Golden Road Brew or two. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's a, it's a joke for the Angelinos. 
Hey, David, thank you so much for uh, thanks. Thanks so much for, for coming and chatting Chargers Vikings with me. Enjoy the game, man. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. We'll talk again soon.